Welcome to episode 104 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Lisa and Gina. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Lisa and Gina, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. How does having judgment differ from being judgmental? Can judgment be both a character asset and a character defect? How do you judge others? How do you think others judge you? How do you judge yourself? Today, we're going to talk about judgment. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to this topic of judgment. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today. Joining me is co-host Anthony. How are you today, Anthony? I'm doing great, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining me. Um, first time. Yeah, it's very exciting. i am uh, been looking forward to it, and um, I'm quite surprised that I, I had the courage to do this. Yeah, well, I figured, you know, if you called me, you called me, like, well, first time you called from, like, an airport or something. And I'm like, wow. That's right, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was meaningful then too. This this show has been very helpful for me in my recovery, and it's been um, a place to go to in between meetings. And just from our from the research in our in, uh, in this podcast, um, trying to do my homework, I found some more tools uh, online, which is which is a blessing for me. I found um, I don't know if you're aware there's a there's a audio uh, meetings or meetings by telephone. There are, yeah. I haven't I haven't taken advantage of them myself. Um, talked about those a little bit in a couple of other episodes. One on face-to-face meetings, I think, um, where uh, I had Wendy, and she talked about doing some online meetings. I've done some online video meetings. Um, so, if yeah, actually, if you could send uh, links to uh, what you found, and if I don't already have them, uh, I can I can add them to our uh, our website as resources for people who are looking for other ways to find meaning. So that's awesome. Okay. All right. In the first segment of today's episode of the Recovery Show, we'll talk about the topic judgment. Following a short break, we'll talk about our lives in recovery, about how we practice these principles in all our affairs. We'll follow that with your email or voice contributions and some brief news about the podcast before closing. I want to start with the reading. This is from the Daily Reader, Courage to Change. It's on page 209 from July 27th. I take to heart the words in the suggested closing that say, Let there be no gossip or criticism of one another. I try to leave my judgmental attitude at the door. Unfortunately, I pick it up again the instant I get into my car after the meeting. No one drives well enough to suit me. The car ahead of me goes too slowly, and I'm forced to get very close and push it along. The driver behind me does the same to me. Not to be intimidated, I swear at him and drive even slower. Don't they know my rules of the road? In other words, through constant criticism and expectations of others, I isolate myself and act like a victim. What happened to practicing the Al-Anon principles in all my affairs? Do I really think I can fully reap the benefits of the program by practicing unconditional love for a single hour two or three times a week? It may be a start, but only a start. And, uh, as I said, my name's Spencer, and uh, I'm here with Anthony, and we're going to talk about 
judgment in all its different aspects, and that reading really highlights the, uh, the sort of the negative aspect of judgment, being judgmental of others. Yeah, that is uh, that one. That one reading just is so relevant, and it's, it's, again, it's kind of my higher power speaking to me. That's when uh, we discussed uh, possible topics for for doing the podcast today. That was that's almost exactly word for word what I would have articulated. It's amazing. And and it's amazing to me, and and I certainly connect with that because when I get on the road, um, I am super judgmental of the the cars around me. That you know they're not driving right, they're driving too fast, they're not driving fast enough. What the heck are you doing in the right in the left hand lane? Get out of the left hand lane. Why are you right on my tail? Get off my tail. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like why can't everybody follow my rules? I don't, or what what the rules that we're all supposed to be following? You know. Yeah. Exactly, and goes. then. Control kind of comes into it a bit. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Take um, a big breath. <laughs> so what is this word judgment? What does this mean to you? Well, I, I did some thought on it. I think, well, for me, as I'm working step four right now, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really doing a lot of introspection on my character defects, and for me, it's a character defect. Um, it's feeling the feeling of being judgmental. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. It's a feeling that I've had for a very long time. Um, it, it, it means that my ego is speaking, my self will speaking. I really don't like the feeling. Um, I feel closed off from my higher power. Yeah, it's not something I feel um, proud about. So I, I actually, I don't have the book right in front of me, but I think it's in the paths to recovery, and it's in the discussion of either step six or step seven about you know, I think it's in step seven about letting go of character defects and. And uh, it says something about how being judgmental is a is a character flaw, uh, but having good judgment is is a character asset. And and I think they're talking about how like some of our some of our character defects are many of our character defects really are coping mechanisms that just got like turned up too far. Um, or that makes sense to and, me. And you know, if you think about having good judgment, I mean, it's like choosing to do things or not do things, um, making good choices uh, is a result of having good judgment. And so this is, to me, it's a, it's a sort of a two-sided word. Um, and, and I certainly see the negative aspects in myself a lot more than I see the positive aspects. Yeah. I, I, I sense the same thing. Um, you know, the, the, this fellowship in in uh, my program has been very helpful. Um, I feel I'm peeling away this onion, mm-hmm. and uh, my you know with with every layer becomes awareness, and with awareness, I just feel like my my character defects are so crystal clear for me now. <laughs> Even as they're happening, I'm thinking, "Wow, did I just say that? Oh, wow, did I just think that?" Yeah, um, yeah I have that. Um, and that brings in another aspect of judgment, which is um, sort of judging ourselves and criticizing ourselves. And uh, I find that I'm a lot more critical of myself sometimes than I am of other people, that things that I might tolerate in somebody else, I don't tolerate in myself. Have you found that to be true for you? Absolutely. Um, yeah, being hypercritical... Um of of myself is is part of those defects and 
uh, you know, I, I could get, I can get trapped in that sometimes. And, you know, the, um, just the, the fact I can, I can think about that and then I can do something about that immediately is what I've taken to lately is, is, um, is breathing hmm. through, through that process. My wife was, uh, was very, uh, nice and gave me this new product that I know you're, you're familiar with those wearable devices like the Fitbit and, mm-hmm. and yeah. others. There's this one she got me. It's called the Spire and it, 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 it reads your, it's kind of like biofeedback. It reads your breathing patterns. Really? So you can see it digitally on your, on your smartphone. You're breathing in and breathing out. It tells you when you're, your breathing is is short and and labored. It, it either detects it as activity or tension. Hmm. So <laughs> I've been monitoring, uh, you know, behind the wheel, uh, practicing being calm, and um, you know, those are those are things that I'm I'm thinking about lately is my breathing and 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 you know being judgmental of others. I mean that it's just it's just more behind the wheel. It's just more. Um, uh, more consistent. Mm-hmm. It's brought to the to the surface, so to speak. Really? So you can look at that and you can see when you're driving, you have like a lot more tension or whatever. Well, around. I see it after the fact. I don't. I don't well, yeah, I suppose that's true. You don't want to be watching it <laughs> while you're driving. No. This is true. Yeah, how does, but then, how does it do that? I mean, is there something? Oh, uh, the wear? technology. I think the way it, the way it it reads your. I don't know how the the technology works, but it does. It does. Um, it detects when you're calm. It's it's the number of breaths per per minute uh-huh. and there's there's three components it's activity calm focus and then the other one is um tension actually four so um it's been it's been interesting i've had it for about a month now i've been able to detect uh you know which which days per week i'm more tense and uh which ones are more calm and when you know what periods of the day you're calm so i can at least i get some feedback as to what my progress is it's nice um yeah. Wow. Still, a lot of mental mental things going on during the day that you just don't have control over. Yeah, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's like the awareness, you know, the ability to be aware of, um, eff- effectively what your your maybe unconscious reactions are and and how um, you're dealing with those or not dealing with those during the day. It's sort of like, um, you know, it's it's like an inventory, right? Absolutely, yeah, exactly right. That's it. Yeah, it's taking the, the inventory. It's kind of a it's kind of a blessing and a curse when you when I think about oh, it. Yeah. It's um, you know, with awareness, you, you know, you become you, you're aware of your defects. But for me, it, I'm you know, it's that whole practicing. Um, it's it's the process. It's not yeah. it's not the the result. Minute, I, I, I'm making progress, and and um, I can see it now, and you know. That's the blessing part. Yeah. Well, that is, that's totally cool. Um, so uh, coming back to judgment. <laughs> um, so the reading, there was another reading in Courage to Change, which, which um, I thought about, I thought about reading, but it talks about um, very briefly. Um, here we are. It's num- on page 33. Uh, and it, it talks about sort of being on a ladder Um I used to live my life as if I were on a ladder. Everyone was either above me to be feared and envied or below me to be pitied. God was way, way at the top. 
this was a hard, lonely way to live because no two people can stand comfortably on the same rung for very long. And I can, you know, I connect to that, um, this notion of, uh, you know, people that I look up to, people that I envy, uh, people that I feel are, are judging me because they're above me on the ladder. And, and then people that um, I feel are lacking in some way that, uh, um, you know, as, as the reading says, I mean, it's very harsh, but looking down at them and, uh, and judging them. Uh, and the interesting thing is that, that depending on the situation, like the ladder changes in some situations, different people are, are above me or below me. Um, and it's, it's, and, and this person then goes on to talk about, um, you know, finding a way to effectively get off the ladder and to, and particularly, and this is, this is something that I think is, has been helpful for me is this notion and this practice, really the practice in meetings of, um, accepting people, accepting what they say as being true for them and, and working on not, not judging them for, you know, where they are in their program, for whether they're, uh, you know, oh, this person's not working their program. This person's just coming and complaining all the time and, and really working. You know, it's a place where I can be conscious of that and working to, to let go of that tendency to, to judge other people. Do you have, um, do you have people in your, in your fellowship that, that, that strike the nerve where you're, you're thinking, oh, Oh, there goes so and so again. Uh-uh. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that happens to me too. And then, then I become aware of that whole judgmental thing. And and um, you know, there, there's that saying where you you at the at the closing of the meetings where you where it speaks about judgment. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think about that often. And early on, I that that whole closing um, portion of the meeting brought me to to tears. I I just Really, it's um, yeah, it's a sensitive point point for me. Is that whole judgment topic mm-hmm. something I really want to let I want to let go of? And uh, I, I see this. I see myself. I see myself on the ladder. I think that was primarily when I was much younger. Now I feel like I'm in a good spot now, um, and and my place in life. And um, mm. yeah. Good. So yeah, it's a good feeling too. I I still, I used to, and, and I think I still do this a little bit, but not nearly as much as I used to do that. Um, I just would go through life with this, I was going to say feeling, but with this knowledge, um, that everybody around me was watching me and was judging me all the time. Like I was on stage and I was being evaluated, <laughs> you know, like everybody oh. was focused at me and how like self-centered is that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously everybody's watching me cause I'm the center of the universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I've heard this expression. Maybe you've heard this expression, uh, that, um, is used about alcoholics, but, I find it applies to me equally well, which is their egomaniacs with an inferiority complex. <laughs> and, yeah. And to me, that's this feeling like I'm, I'm the center of focus of everybody and they all think I'm screwing up. 
Oh yeah, I'm very familiar with that <laughs> that that thought process. Um, Can I share a quick story about yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. I love stories. Uh, I remember being in uh, so it was fourth grade. I don't know what age I am at that that time. Maybe ten, something like that. Um, we changed schools. We moved to a different city, and I had siblings. They're all about the same. Well, there, there's four of us, and we were about what 16 months apart, and so we all went to the same school. It was a, it was an elementary school, mm-hmm. so our mother had to take us individually to each classroom. So I got there late. My my classroom was second level, so the the class had already begun. I'm the new kid. Yeah, everyone's sitting, and guess where my seat was? Right at the, the front of the class, and, and you know, yeah, so. All attention, everyone turned around to look at me, open the door in the back of the room. Right. And then walking to the front of the class, it felt like it was a long walk. Yeah. And then I get to my desk and all the books are stacked on the on the desk. As I sit down, they all fall off. So I was just under a microscope. And I, <laughs> I remember that feeling. It's kind of like you described. I mean, that all eyes are on me. Yeah. Literally, they were. And they were. And, yeah, and that kind of that's kind of stayed with me. I don't know if that was the defining moment, but that articulates it well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Kind of heavy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I could totally totally relate. Yeah. And and you know, so it's kind of the other side of the coin when you're being judgmental. Um, you know, you're you're the eyes on 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 everyone else, and and making an assumption and um, making. You know, you're, 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 and and then when you take it a step further and you're you're sharing your thoughts to someone else, I mean that's that's a mm-hmm. that's kind of the distasteful part of it. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about so so we're in a meeting, like when most of the time in a meeting when I I'm listening to other people, I'm just sort of taking in what they're saying and identifying with bits and pieces of it, and then as you say, there's those people. Um, that uh, I have to work a lot harder at accepting that they are where they they're at where they're at in the program, and um, you know, and I was probably there at one time. I'm sure I was, um, and I've moved out of that phase of you know the sort of the woe is me. This is what my shitty week was like, uh, or whatever kind of thing that that you occasionally get, and. The thing that one of the things that that helps me to not be judging of of such people is that every now and then um, they say something that really hits me, um, and it helps me to remind myself that if if I'm sort of dismissing what they're saying because. I'm judging them to never have anything useful to say, then I'm going to miss what they say. I'm going to miss it when, when they actually say something. Oh, wow. That was judgmental. I'm going to miss it when they say something that's really important to me. And it might not be something that's important to somebody else, but, uh, it does happen. And it's, and it, and it has happened to me with, with lots of, lots of people. Well, I won't say lots, but you know, a number of people that, that I can otherwise say, ah, I don't want to tune out when they start talking. And if I'm, it's kind of being closed, isn't it? If I'm judging them as never having something useful to say, then I'm I'm more likely to tune out and to start thinking about, you know, what I'm going to have for dinner tomorrow or God knows what. Okay, something inconsequential, I'm sure. 
Um, yeah. And what's interesting is that although in real life I feel like this, you know, this center of attention fuck up, um, I don't often get that feeling when I'm sharing in a meeting, right? you know, and, and that's, there's something about, there's something about the way we do meetings that helps me to, to sort of turn that off. And I don't, you know, I'm just, I, I'm sort of realizing that as we're talking about it, like, how does that happen? Yeah. And it, it seemed to be, you know, when you're there at your first meeting, I, I'm, I'm fairly new at it. It's, it'll be two years in, in, mm-hmm. uh, in May this, this year. And, I was thinking about that too. When did when did this perception change? The first few meetings, it was um, it wasn't it wasn't apparent, and you know the 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 phrases they turn into you know light bulbs at, at periods of time. Mm-hmm. And and I know what you mean about when you're listening to people and and um, you know if 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 you have experience with that home group and you know <clears throat> you have an idea of what they might be saying and boop your radar of judgment turns on yeah it's off it's it's kind of a uh, it's such a negative thing yeah it is a negative thing and and uh, uh, you know and i know it's turning on when i find myself um getting annoyed at how many times the person says you know or um <laughs> <laughs> Have I said that already? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not paying attention, right? I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm not listening to how you're saying it. Um, and actually, that's a, you know, so when I, when after I record the show, mm-hmm. um, I go back and I listen to the whole thing, and I edit it uh, to take out places where maybe, um, well, as you've heard a couple of times, I just started saying something wrong, and I stopped, and I said it again, so I'll take that out. Uh, I also take out a certain number of ums and you knows and and false starts and and where I go and 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 uh, uh, um, uh, you know while I'm while I'm trying to think of what's going to come out of my mouth next and and when I'm in the sort of editing mode, uh-huh. those things just jump out at me like oh I said um oh. You know, Anthony said, um, are they lessons for you or is it, um... well, here's the thing when I'm listening to the content, when I'm listening to the message, I, they, I don't hear them. And when I'm listening in this sort of editing frame of mind, I do. And, and yeah. of course, here's where my, I'm, you know, I'm the center of the universe and everybody's judging me. Um, egomaniac with an inferiority complex thing goes is if I put it out there with a whole bunch of ums and ers and you knows in it, my listeners are going to judge me for that. <laughs> okay. But when I'm the listener, I don't notice them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <Yeah. laughs> um, this is sort of the dichotomy. And it also, I think it highlights the, like the different, the frame of mind has a big effect on, on, how I judge uh, or not judge. Yeah. Your standards are really high, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's what, why am I doing sort of what, what frame of mind am I in? Because I mean, it's like if I'm writing, depending what I'm writing for, if I'm just writing a casual email, uh, 
there'll be typos and stuff and, and I might not even correct, particularly if I'm doing it on my phone. But, um, if I'm, if I'm writing something more formal and I'm going to go back and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to write a draft and I'm going to go back and I'm going to edit it. I'm going to start writing about where are these commas in the right place? Is this verb the right tense? Is this actually the right word to use? Um, and, and, and sometimes that's appropriate. You know, if I'm writing something that's going to get, you know, published in some kind of journal, which God, it's been 25 years since I've done that, but, um, uh, I'm going to be a lot more critical and a lot more judgmental of words and phrasing and grammar and syntax than if I'm writing a quick email to shoot off to a, to a friend. Uh, and, uh, um, and I have to keep that in mind in, in other contexts, I think. Yeah. So the, um, so when, ju- when you're judging others, uh, I, I have a, I have a, a, a total distaste for, for some celebrities and, and, uh, you know, how the media exploits mm-hmm. certain things. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some sense, I feel those, that judgment is justified because I feel that perpetuating negativity for another generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some sense, I'm thinking common, you know, judgment is common sense too. And, and maybe that's, you know, my judging their lack of common sense. Um, yeah. So why in did, some sense, why do people buy us magazine kind of question? Is that where you're going with that? I'm thinking more of television, you know, uh, okay. And the TMZ, the, the housewife housewives series and all of the uh, reality shows are just, you yeah. know, I, 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 you know, I, I know they're there. I haven't actually watched any of them, so I can't really say. I, well, I guess that says something about how I think I'll feel about them, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a good. Thing. It's a good thing you don't. I, I don't. I don't particularly like those shows, but um, and I, and so the I, I sort of where I think you're going with this is like obviously there are people who enjoy these or they wouldn't be on. Um, yeah, and you find yourself sort of judging people who like those because they like them. Yeah, that's part of it. That's that's part of it. I mean, you you know, they have their higher power, and they, you know, whether the, it's the kind of same thing when you're on the road. Um, yeah, it's it's their their perception their of of their life and their higher power. They have their rights, and um, but you know what? You know what's funny? If I find myself with a group of people who, you know, maybe they are watching. Um, I don't know. American Idol is something I never got into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but I have friends at work who at least in the early days were really totally into it. And they would have mm-hmm. like the, the brackets up on the wall and, and be having these conversations about, you know, who was going to win and all this stuff. And, and I was like, I don't care. Um, but, and, and it, and it would have been so easy to say, well, you know, these people, they're getting like caught up in this thing that is not, in a sense is not meaningful and in another sense it is meaningful and, and clearly it meant something to them. Uh, yeah. And, and that's, that's the, one of the tools that I can use when I'm going to be, when I'm going to that place where I'm judgmental of something, somebody for their, I'll say tastes, um, you know, how can you like that? Uh, that is a phrase that I really try not to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. I might think it, 
And I'm sure that there are people who look at me and say, how can, you know, you like the things you like? Okay. And, you know, but, yeah. but even when you don't say anything, your body language might be giving it away. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Um, and, but does your body communicate? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. So I want to, I want to actually, I want to circle back to a slightly different situation, um, but it, mm-hmm. it does have to do with judgment. Um, and I've, I've talked about this one before. I forget what episode, but, um, so there was this guy at work that um, was in my work group and for some reason, I think I had this feeling, this judgment that, um, you know, he was maybe not really competent at the job he was supposed to be doing. I think, I think I had that sort of impression from something and I don't know exactly why, um, and I sure I could probably go and point at some things that happened and say, well, this and this and this, but it, it's not really relevant to the story. The point is that I needed to work with this guy. And so he would come to me with maybe a question about a thing he was working on that was connected to something I was working on. And, you know, well, so how do I do this? Or how does this work? How is this supposed to work? And so on. And I could, I, I would go to this this place where I was reacting to my judgment of him and thus responding, um, I'll say curtly. Um, <laughs> yes. And I could see this happening as I was doing it and not like it in myself that I was doing this. So that's that's sort of the the inventory part, right? If I want to put it in the context of the 12 steps, so I become aware of this thing that's happening, um, and I look at it, and and I say, this is something that I don't like. This is something I don't want to be doing. Um, and But how do I get out of it, right? <laughs> how do I get out that's of it? That's a good well, question. Yeah. Uh, you know, I become aware. I become ready to have it removed. There's step six there. Maybe I talk about it. I think I, well, I talked about it on the podcast at least. I might have talked about it in some meetings. So there's at least a, a sort of a step five happening there. Um, I become ready to have, have it change. That's step six. And then, um, you know, I've got some footwork. I mean, you know, I believe that God is working in my life to, um, you know, sort of remove some of this this judgmental, I think I'm a lot less judgmental of people than I used to be, which is cool. Um, but, and so what I started to do was when he would come over to my desk to ask a question, I would sort of try to put my body into a welcoming place, you know, and you, t- and, and this is why I thought of it. Cause you talked about what's your body saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I've found is in, in, in a number of ways, a number of situations is that if I can sort of, you know, act as if I'm welcoming his question and I'm happy to answer it, I actually find myself welcoming his question and being happy to answer it uh, and, uh, and not being snippy with him, not being short with him, um, not being sort of, well, don't you know that already kind of attitude, which is, <laughs> I, I swear to God, I go there so easily. Um, and, you know, and and so it's not sort of saying I've got to say things differently. I've got to use a different tone of voice. It's this, you know, put a little bit of a smile on my face, turn to face him, 
um, you know, don't cross my arms, uh, have an, have an open welcoming, um, manner in my body language. And that helps my mind to go there as well. So it sounds like you're using, uh, using that as a tool. I mean, yeah, it, it is. sounds like, it's like a positive, it, it, um, it absolutely there. is. It absolutely is. And it, and I, and it comes from, you know, this, the, again, one of these catchphrases that we have, it's, it may or may not be actually like an official slogan, but sort of acting my way into right thinking. Um, yeah. You know, that I can't think my way into acting right. That hasn't worked for me. Um, I can use my brain to become aware of things, but I can't, for whatever reason, it's very hard for me to use my brain to actually change my actions, um, my sort of habitual actions. <laughs> but if I can act differently, then eventually my mind will follow. Um, so, yeah, it's a tool. Yeah. So what do you think about different different uh, scenario? Um, I don't know if you have this in where you live, but in where I live in the San Diego area, and it's uh, pretty warm right now. And so... It's a great place to be homeless, I would think, you know? Oh, man. I already be homeless. So when you get people that are on the, the – we get people that are at the, you know, the turn lane, left turn or right turn, sometimes right, the freeway right. exits, and they've got their – yeah, and gosh, it's so easy to go to judgment, and you don't know what their scenario mm-hmm. – what got, got them there, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, based on, on recent, uh, you know, economic situations, I mean, I, I could have – I could have easily been there, uh, yeah. you know, given recent events and, you know, financial struggles are, are, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's not, it's handed upon some people. Uh, so, you know, having, um, having compassion would be, um, a constructive way to work judgment, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, looking in the book here i'm trying to find the chapter with slogans but um you know we had there's a slogan um there but for the grace of god but for the grace of god is a yeah there but for the grace of god go i and and that's what you're saying is like that could be me that could be you um and that helps to have compassion for the person and and not judging judging them at least as much um you know, and I, I do, I look, we have, we have a lot of homeless people in Ann Arbor, partly because, um, I think there's a large student population and students tend to be more generous, um, to people who are panhandling than those of us who have been around longer. I'll just put it that way. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and I have, I have a very difficult sort of time with, with this issue because I look at people and they say, oh my God, they're like, you know sleeping outside maybe. And I know some people are, I mean, there's this guy that I haven't seen him around recently that in the middle of the winter, he'd be for a while, he was sleeping on the, the sort of porch of the, the building. I mean, it's, it's a big wraparound porch. It's not a, like a porch porch, uh, where I work. And, you know, if I was there late at night or came in early in the morning, he would have spread out his like sleeping bag and his pad and everything. And so I know he's not, um, He's not living in the lap of luxury from his panhandling, you know? Right. Um, but at the same time, um, there's all these messages. And, and um, there's a guy in our community who you know, used to be on the street and now um, works for one of the treatment centers. And for a while, he had this program downtown. It was like 
don't give money to panhandlers because I was one and I know what I was spending it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to, you know, sort of enable enable their addictions. In, in effect, he was providing an alternative. Uh, he had uh, merchants had these things you could put money in at the cash register to help support, um, you know, people who were who were in trouble, um, you know, homeless or whatever. And uh, and unfortunately, people kept stealing the the money money jars. Um, but uh, and so I think about that, and I think about well, this person is asking for a buck. To, so he can maybe buy a sandwich. Is that actually what he's going to buy with it? And and then there's the part of me that says, well, does that really matter? Like, am I judging him for being in the grips of an addiction? Um, you know, and it's just like, ah, I don't know. Um, so I kind of have made it a personal policy, which makes it easier because then I don't have to judge each individual situation um, that I will give money to organizations that support the homeless in the area, but I won't give money directly to people. That's my, that yeah. has been my personal choice. Uh, but it, you know, it's not easy. No, it's not. You know, another thing that's not that wasn't easy for me in in my program is that you know it took me a long time. I, I was my sponsor um, recommended so many times for me to go to an open AA meeting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of it was, was that judgment. I realize now that I'm saying this is that I had this judgment in my mind is that, but it's helped tremendously. I, I haven't been to, to some frequent, uh, you know, for, in recent times, but, but the times I've gone, um, I learned so much about the disease yeah, and absolutely. about the people involved and, and, uh, and I, you know, I always thought that there was this, this choice. That's just where the judgment came. Yeah. And I've learned so. It's helped me detach. You know, it's helped me separate the disease from the person. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting when I was writing writing up our sort of discussion questions for this topic, I didn't even think about the way in which I judged, um, you know, my loved one when she was in the grips of her her addiction when she was actively drinking. The the judgment of, you know, well, can't you just stop? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? Yes. Um, and absolutely, um, the I think the biggest factor for me in being able to let go of that judgment was was uh, going to open talks to hearing yes. to hearing other people tell the same story. Not the same details, but the same story of getting, you know, getting trapped, getting, uh, you know, wanting to stop and not being able to stop. And, and, you know, that helped me to believe that she felt the same way and that she was in the same way helpless and that it wasn't her choice. It wasn't a lack of willpower. It wasn't, uh, you know, uh, moral failing that she was addicted. And yeah. It's so huge, and and but yeah, before that, I was so judgmental. Like, why the hell do I, can't you just drink normally? Um. Yeah, if there's anybody listening to the the podcast now, and 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 you haven't, you know, maybe it's courage <laughs> or lack of courage. Um, you know, try there. There's other tools. I mean, there's there's podcasts where they have open um, meetings uh, published, so you can you can hear them. But it, it it's it's much different when you're in the room. Yeah, there's a there's a it's hard to it's hard to articulate what that feeling is. But when you're there and you, you, you gosh, I've been moved 
so many times going there. It's helped me so much. Yeah. I, I, I remember, um, so there was a, there's an open talk series in, in my area that uh, is the one that I went to most frequently for uh, at least a, a two or three years, uh, you know, sort of almost every week for a while. And it's in, um, it's in an auditorium that has 200 seats because I counted the months. There's 10 rows of 20 seats. And almost always there are people sitting in the aisles. There are people, they actually now send it out to speakers in the lobby because um, it, it overflows the 200 seats. Okay. Um, and I don't know, you know, maybe in, in a big city that doesn't seem like a lot of people, but it sure as hell felt like a lot of people to me <laughs> early yeah. on. And, and it still seems uh-huh. like a lot of people. Um, and I remember being in that, in that once where somebody was, was, you know, they were telling their story and they had gotten to a particularly like emotional hard point in the story and were ha- just having trouble talking. You know, they had to, they had to pause and sort of collect themselves before they could continue talking. Mm-hmm. And it was so quiet. Like everybody was just waiting. Everybody was just, we were, you know, nobody was like, Oh, I'm bored or whatever. You know, they were, it was just like this feeling of we had, we were respecting this person's space. We were respecting this person for, for being so um, vulnerable and open with us. Um, and yeah, that's what it is. It's that vulnerability. Oh, it's that spot on. And it's not something people do in, in general <laughs> in front of everybody, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Um, so yeah, as, as you said, if you're listening and you have not ever been to an open talk, um, do, do get, do try, um, do go, uh, maybe go with a friend, you know, uh, the one that I go to, there's, there's a lot of obviously alcoholics and addicts there. There are also family members. And then there's these like little clumps of, of Al-Anon people that, you know, maybe have come together for sort of, uh, mutual support, uh, you know, and I know the first the first few times I went to one of them, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be, there's going to be all these alcoholics around me. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I know you know, that feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's like, everybody's like really friendly. They're not judging me because I'm not an alcoholic and I'm at this meeting, you know? Yeah. And that is exactly the way I felt. <laughs> that's the feeling. Yeah, that's what, it, that's that's what, what I, I judge me because I'm not one of them. Oh my yeah. God. Um, you feel like there's a big sign above your head, right? yeah. not an alcoholic, <laughs> but it is different. It's different. It's, it's different. But, um, you know, after going a few, a few times, I felt, uh, I felt, I felt the welcomeness. I felt, yeah. um, I felt the power and the hope in the room. That's what it is. It's yes, the so hope. much hope, the hope. And, and just, you know, going forward on this theme of go to the meetings, I mean, so the two things that I got from it, and you have expressed the one like so well, this understanding. Um, and the second thing I got was hope because for much of the time when I was going to these t- open talks, uh, my wife was still drinking. And so I could go there and I could, you know, hear from somebody who had gone mm-hmm. through something similar, something, you know, in details different, something a lot worse, maybe. Um, uh-huh. And there they were. There they were, sober, standing up there at the front of the room talking about how good their life was now and yeah. how, you know, they still had troubles, but that, and, and so I could have hope that she would find that sobriety and that, you know, that life again, uh, or for the first time, and, I don't know. Yeah. 
that we could get back to where we the, the get back to where we were before the drinking got really bad. Except, of course, without the drinking part, like without going to wineries, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, you know, we had a we had a really nice trip to Napa um, back in like I don't know nineteen. 84 or five or something like that shortly after we got married, you know, and that was, um, that was something we did and it's, you know, it's something we don't do now, but we have other things we do. Right. So kind of circling back to judgment being a positive thing, that seems like another example of, of where you're, you're aware of, of judgment and you're using it constructively to generate compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. True to true that. Um, so before we before we close this off, um, I just want to think about what tools we have, and we sort of expressed some of them. Um, there's a bunch of slogans that either encourage us not to judge or to judge well. Um, you know, live and let live, for example, uh, is one that occurs to me. Uh, what about you? Do you have particular? Um, let's let's look at slogans right now. Particular slogans that really say to you. Um, uh, help you to not be judgmental you know that's a, a, a good question i'll be i'll be honest i don't i don't have one <laughs> okay uh let go i've got a card of let go and let god in yeah. my office i'm let looking god at is, it right now yeah let go and let god is a big one i mentioned um there but for the grace of god uh-huh um, you know recognizing that in a different situation i could be exactly where that person is now mm-hmm. or maybe i have been exactly where that person is now um and uh let go. I mean, you know, for me, I mean, letting go of the sort of need to judge in that sense. Um, why do yeah. I, why do I, why do I have to be judgmental? Why do I have to, you know, it's like, well, my mind's going there. Let's just not go there. Um, well, you know, the thing too, is just keeping an open mind. Yes. It's yeah. another one yep. that yep. speaks to not being judgmental. Yep. How about how about when we feel like other people are judging us? Um, what 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 helps you with that? Oh, that's a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, um, yeah, I, I I don't know whether there's a slogan that that it's it's just a force. It's it's for me. It's it's I'm you know going back to that I'm okay. I'm mm-hmm. I'm uh, you know my higher higher power is there to love me and and uh, yeah. It's okay for them to have their own opinion. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you were talking... I'm not taking it personal. That, yeah. Oh, Q-tip? Yeah, Q-tip. You know Q-tip? Like a, yeah. Yes, I do. taking Put it personally? Take, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's not about me. And and I think, yeah, so the whole... Maybe and moving forward and, and looking at steps, I was like, well, what steps help me here? And I will have to say that the whole sort of inventory amends... steps in the middle, you know, from, from step four, taking an inventory through step nine, making amends. Yeah. Um, And of course, you know, 10, 11 and 12, like, um, help me on both sides of that. It helps me when I do an inventory. And when I did an inventory, I did it with, with a group of people to see that I'm not the only person with these things that I don't like about myself, that other people do the same things. Other people feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, helps me with not being as harsh on myself, but also in finding um, compassion for others to, you know, recognizing our, our mutual humanness, I guess, um, and seeing my own humanness and really being 
accepting of it in um, step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shirt. How is that humility thing? That recognition that that you know I'm human. I have characteristics of being human. I have uh, and and I'm not better than other people in that way. And and that's a huge part there of I think also step three of of turning my will and my life over to the care of my higher power, admitting that. You know, I'm not the guy that runs the universe. And then in step seven saying, yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a human and I have flaws. Um, and I'd like to do, I'd like to be better. Please help me be better. Um, that that process helps me both with self judgment and it helps me with, um, maybe not being quite as judgmental of other people. Um, yeah, knowing- you really, I was going to say, you really, um, you really hit it on the, on the nail on the head for me. I mean, those were every, every point that I, had uh, made notes about. I, okay. it's step, Should have let you for, go first. <laughs> but I haven't. I haven't gone through. I haven't gone through all of them yet. I, yeah. I'm still in step four, right. so I'm, I'm kind of new. But I look forward to getting to that part. But it, you know, it'll need courage. I'm. I'm really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the back of my mind. I'm thinking, ooh, that's going to yep. be really scary. You know. Yep. Um. So there's a freedom that I found um, in cleaning up, which is what. Um, sort of steps eight and nine are about a sort of cleaning up my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and step 10 is keeping it cleaned up. You know, when I was wrong, promptly admitted it. And there's this, there's this amazing freedom that I have found in promptly admitting when I screw up, promptly admitting when I make a mistake, uh, because I, 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 I don't carry it. <laughs> don't carry it with me. Um, and if I'm yeah, not that carrying, is a burden, I'm not it? feeling judged, and I don't have to retaliate by judging you. That must be amazing feeling. It <laughs> it takes a while to get there. Um, at least it took. <laughs> no, let me rephrase that. It took me a while to get there, and okay. and I still. Um, this happens. This happens to me more often at work, I think, than at home. I'm not sure why. Um, probably just because I have more more duties that affect more people at work than I do at home or something. Um, you know, but at home I can say, Oh, oops, I forgot to, you know, I forgot to pay that bill. Um, without like feeling like everybody's going to come down on me and like, Oh, you're a horrible person because now we have to, you know, like last year I miss, I'm, I do this thing where I hold off paying our property taxes until like the actual day it's due. Uh-huh. Because I don't want them to have my money one minute sooner than, you know, they have to, right? Right. Um, and there's some kind of character defect in that, I'm sure. But anyway, I do that. So um, they're due at the end of the year. One one batch is due at the end of the year. We actually have to pay twice a year, and the other batch is due, I think, in July. But uh, And a couple times, I, like, I was going to do it, and then I didn't get it done. Uh, and so then the next day we have to pay like 1%, um, you know, over in the next month, you have to pay like 1% penalty for, for not paying on time. Um, which in the scheme of things is not a lot of money. It's money. Okay. Uh-huh. You know? Um, uh, especially with the, the larger, the larger batch attaches that would pay for a nice like dinner out or something. Um, but it's not, it's not like the end of the world. Okay. And I can just say, Oh, I forgot to pay it. We're going to have to pay this extra penalty and just, and then let go of it. So have you ever had to admit to uh, someone much younger than you that you've made a mistake? 
Um, like my children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and can you have that humility? I mean, um, that seems like that I, seems like I, a very difficult thing. I think I have. Um, I'm not bringing I'm not bringing something to mind right now, but but I I think I have. Um, now my children, I should say, are 24 now, so it may be a little easier than when they were 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're a man of of age and wisdom. <laughs> a man of age and wisdom. Well, you could you could say that. Um, um, yeah. So I mean, there 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 came a time when I needed to make amends to them for um, the the times when my my anger, my rage came out at them, um, and that you know that that was not easy uh, to. Yeah. See, that's where the the fear comes um, for me too. It's like admitting to those the closest ones to you that. Uh, yeah, you know that you had these faults. Yeah. And then... Well, and the hardest person to make amends to was my wife, um, and uh, and actually, I'm still working on some of the specifics of that. But I've done the sort of generic amends, and and it wasn't. Oh, I didn't know there was a. I didn't know there was a generic one. I want that. <laughs> the, well, the sort of you know, I did a lot of shit, and I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, which is not, and 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 I'm working to not do that shit anymore. Okay, that's sort of the. Uh, yeah, um, that's the the. I can't do all the details right now. I'm just not ready to be able to say these things to you, um, uh, Amend. Um, and, uh, and I mean, you know, when she did her amends to me, it was kind of like, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm sorry, I fucked up our lives so long. Um, I mean, that was not the exact words, but I mean, we didn't go over like obviously all the details of what happened over the years, because that just would have been, there was not really a point in doing it. And, and I knew, I knew that she was obviously making major changes and, um, you know, not doing those things anymore. And, and to me, that's, uh, you know, yeah. Admitting saying, yeah, I, 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 I did these things. I screwed up. Um, you know, that's, there's some importance there. It's, it, you want to hear those words, but uh, to me, it was much more important that, um, you know, she was changing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you, you want to say <clears throat> what's, what's, what's in your heart, but getting it to come out in words is so hard sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and that goes both ways, whether it's sorry or, you know, you're beautiful, you know, you're, yeah. you're such a, you know, you're such a gift to me. I'm getting all teary up to saying okay. things like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's I I I'm uh, I it'll be interesting how that that plays out. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So circling back to step ten and judgment, mm-hmm. um, I think what I was trying to say there before we got distracted, not that it was you know not good stuff to it was good stuff to say, but um, is that by doing that by promptly admitting when I was wrong and doing whatever I need to do to, to, to make up for it. Um, I'm able to be a lot less judgmental of my faults. Um, which, you know, as, as, as I said, was kind of huge for me, like judging myself all over the place. Um, and I think it's a lot of it's because, I mean, there's a couple things going on. One is I'm not carrying this thing that I'm feeling guilty about because I put it out there and then I can let go of it. But also um, very often I don't get 
the sort of really negative response that I might be expecting because of the way I would judge myself. Like I'm such a screw up and everybody is going to hate me because I screwed this thing up. Uh-huh. And, and more often, and, and again, this is, this, this happens, this happens at work um, because I'm responsible for part of a large uh, software system that's supporting a website that's online, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And, and when we make changes or just when something happens that overloads part of the system for a little while, um, you know, and if it's in my responsibility, then I'm, I, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, didn't think of that case. Sorry about that. I, you know, gee, we were, or, or I did this thing and we were, you know, this part of the system was offline for 10 minutes or whatever it was, or maybe longer sometimes. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Oops. Um, you know, and so I put it out there. I just say, this happened. Here's when it started. Here's when I, you know, here's when we detected it. Here's when we fixed it. Uh, here's how people were affected. And more often than not, I don't even get a response. I don't even get somebody saying, oh, that's horrible or, or anything. What was going through your mind as a possibility was probably hundreds of times worse. I'm going to get fired. You know, (laughs) that's that's where I go. Like I totally screwed this up and I'm going to get fired. And, and you know, that's, that's my, my egotistical uh, uh, inferiority complex at, at, at work. Um, And so having the practice of promptly admitting it makes it easier to promptly admit it and also helps me to not judge myself as harshly because obviously the other people are not judging me that harshly because of the way they respond when I admit it. So ultimately you get to joy and happiness much faster. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and hopefully you get to live there a bit longer. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Hey, any, uh, any closing thoughts on judgment? Well, um, just I'm working on it. I, I, it's a it's a work in progress yeah. to feel uh, less judgmental, and, less judgmental. And, and actually, that there's another slogan: progress, not perfection. Yeah, that really helps helps me when I'm, you know, when I'm looking at whether I'm looking at myself or whether I'm looking at somebody else. I can I can say we are doing the best we can at the moment, and the best we can do is to make progress. We're never going to be perfect, and if it, and if I'm judging you for not being perfect, or if I'm judging me for not being perfect. Um, then I'm just not accepting reality. That's a good point. Okay. After a short break, we will continue with our lives and recovery, where we'll talk about how recovery works in our daily lives and in our meetings. And, uh, you know, uh, I think we both uh, had had some uh, some trouble uh, finding music that really spoke to judgment. Um, and I ended up, and I'll let Anthony, when, when his son comes around, talk about uh, where he went with it. I ended up finding a lot of songs about uh, being judged or judging. And the first one, uh, and, and by the way, I, I will put uh, a, a Spotify playlist uh, um, on the, uh, in the show notes on the website. So you can go to the recovery show.com slash one zero four to find both the songs we talk about and um, that playlist, which has a lot more, a lot more judging songs in it. The one that I picked uh, to go first is by Lucinda Williams. It's a relatively new one. Um, it's actually not in Spotify, uh, although there's some YouTube, so that's cool because I need to be able to point to it somehow. Uh, it's off her newest album, which came out, I think, in the fall of 2014, and it's called West Memphis. This song is about a man who was unjustly accused of and convicted of a murder based on 
prejudice, basically, which is a form of being judgmental. And the the refrain in this song is, well, that's the way we do things in West Memphis. So you can already hear a whole lot of uh, judgment going on there. Like, there's the right way to do it, at least if you're in West Memphis. And if if that's not your way, then, you know, sort of tough. Um, you know, you're wrong. But this there's these lyrics that particularly jumped out at me here. They didn't like the music I listened to. They didn't like the way I dressed. They set me up with a forced confession. I never had a chance. They threw the book at me at my expense. They got no common sense, but that's the way we do things in West Memphis. Yeah. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives and recovery, about what's happening in our meetings and our lives this week. And, and I'm thinking back over the week. Um, so for the last several weeks, I have not made it to my home group because I had one conflict after another, and I'm actually not going to make it next week. Um, and this, this has two, two effects on me. One is that I don't get that meeting, which is, is a really good meeting as far as at least I think so. And a lot of my friends think so. Um, it's a big meeting, uh, which, probably says something about how good it is. Anyway, it's a meeting that focuses on the solution, uh, which is always important to me. Um, so I don't get, I don't get that, you know, that bit of program in, in my week. Uh, but the other problem is that I had made a commitment for that meeting for two months and for December and January. And then these conflicts came up, you know, there was like a work thing and whatever, I don't know, a friend thing that I felt, um, I needed to, to, to go there. And, and so I had to, you know, here we go again, admit that I was wrong, uh, and ask for help, um, and ask somebody to, uh, to cover that commitment for me for the, the weeks that I'm not there. Uh, so anyway, I made it this week. Um, and I'm trying to remember, oh my God, the topic It was a good one too. Oh, yeah, okay, so I made it this week, and the person who, so in this meeting, somebody opens with like a 10-minute lead, and then um, we try to share our, you know, something related to the topic, and not everybody gets to share because it's a big meeting, um, and I don't know how your meetings are the, are, are, are where you live. Um, I have small meetings where everybody gets to share, and then this big one where not everybody gets to share because you get like 60 or 100 people, and obviously, you're not going to get everybody sharing in an hour, um, and so the person who did the lead... Um, Talk, just talked about sort of um, their experience in the program so far and, and what they had found. And a lot of people identified with one part or another of it. Um, and uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things that they mentioned was this, you know, we don't give advice in the program. We only share our own experience, strength, and hope. And like the, the first person to share after that picked up on, on that particular um, that particular aspect and, and talked about it. And that triggered me on a couple of things that were happening in my life. One of which I'll talk about in a few minutes and how that practice in the program of not giving advice, not telling people, Oh, you should do this or that or the other thing. Um, it really helped me in those, in the, in, in a couple of situations recently. And so, um, you know, I was able to connect to that and sort of see again, um, sometimes it takes somebody else, to help me to see the progress that I make in my own life. 
that, I, that the ways in which my life is changing, the ways in which I interact with people is changing. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the benefits I get of going to meetings and listening to people. Um, and yeah, uh, um, yesterday morning would have been my step meeting. Uh, I wasn't, I got to bed late. I'd been out, uh, out with friends the night before and, uh, just didn't, didn't feel like going to the meeting. In fact, yesterday I was like vegging all day and I think I needed that. Uh, I just sort of sat around the house with the dog and, you know, played some computer games and, and read some and, and towards the end of the day, I called up my daughter and said, Hey, you want to, you want to help me take the dog to, to get a bath? Because we take them to a place where they have like raised tubs with, um, you know, they have a little like chain thing so you can hook the, the dog up in the, in the tub so they don't jump out. And, and then they clip his nails, which is something that I just can't do. I got a, you know, 80 pound dog. So it's really oh, helpful yeah. to have a pro do it. Uh, and, uh, and so I called up my daughter and said, Hey, you want to, you want to take, you want to take Jake and, and help me bathe him? And she's like, Oh, sure. You know, and this is like, this is so cool. Like she doesn't live at home anymore, but we can still do things together. That's um, awesome. I have That's to reach awesome. out a little bit, but. And, and, uh, so we did that, but that was like the only thing that I did all day. <laughs> I really needed, I needed a down day. Apparently I just, you know, I thought about, I could do this. I'm just going to sit here. Um, but it wasn't a kind of like depressed. I'm going to sit here. It was just like, no, I, 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 I'm taking some time off here. So it was yeah, sometimes just caring for yourself is, uh, is, uh, is it, is a, Task, yeah. Yes, it is something that it's I have to do. Big choice. It is yeah. something that I have to do. Um, and uh, so, in 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 my life, um, I mean, I talked about work a little bit already, um, about you know step tending or whatever you want to call it. But uh, so, a couple of months ago, at sort of a work social function, I had talked about some of the things that were going on in my life with uh, regards to one of my children, and. A few days ago at work, um, somebody who had been there came up to me and said, Hey, you remember we were talking about this going on with your kid? And I said, yeah. He says, well, we're kind of going through that with one of my kids and I'd really like to talk to you about it, you know, to get your, your experience or whatever. I mean, he didn't exactly say those words. And I said, sure. <laughs> uh, and we haven't, we haven't met yet. I'm, I, I think I'd, I'm going to have to go and say, Hey, you want to like, you know, get a cup of coffee or have a beer or something after work, you know, where we can talk about this. And, but what I know is that, you know, my experience is not the same as his experience. My kid's not going through exactly the same thing his kid's going through, but there, there is a definite commonality there. And so I can take what I've learned here and just share my experience, share my feelings because I'm sure he's having, uh, there we go. I'm judging. I'm sure he's having similar feelings, um, and listen, you know, and those are things that I've learned to do in the program. And those are things that I'm still listening in particular. I'm still working on. I talk too much. Um, and, and, and I could, and I, and I found gratitude for knowing that I don't have to help him. Um, he's not asking me to fix something. He just wants to share a common experience with somebody who has sort of been there. And this is so much what we find in the rooms of Al-Anon, you know, that my alcoholic experience may not be the same as your alcoholic experience. It's certainly not the same as somebody who grew up in an alcoholic home, but we can share 
the things that are going on inside us and the things that are going on outside us and how we react to them and how we feel about them and how we deal with them. And we can find that commonality. Um, and so, you know, it's just like, it's a crossover thing happening. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I'm really grateful that, that I've found this way of, of being with people. So that's, um, that's my week. How about yours? Oh, my week has been, um, uneventful, but I'm grateful for that. I mean, Trauma is, trauma has, has been uh, has been uh, around for for a while now. But uh, let's say I had um, I have two meetings that I have a home meeting and then I have a, a which is Monday nights and I have a Friday meeting. I've been able to go to my the Friday meeting, which was originally my the, my introduction at Al Anon, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been blessed there because there was a speaker meeting last week, and it was a really good one. Um, uh, the, my home meeting was because it's January it was a step meeting mm-hmm. and I, I'm really, I'm realizing now that, that the meetings are, are different regardless if there's overlap with, with the individuals. We have a, we have a pretty large, um, Monday group, um, so large that sometimes it's hard to hear mm. based on the size of the room. Yeah. That's a problem um, sometimes, isn't it? We have, um, we have some people, we have an, uh, Someone who graduated from the Alateen into the Al-Anon, so it's, it's nice to have a young voice there. And um, I say that like, "Wow, I'm such an old guy." Um, and uh, and I've noticed in the in the you know it's like I say I'm fairly new. It's eighteen months or so, and and uh, and uh, I've, I'm crossing into that phase now where I'm recognizing newcomers and and. And sometimes you get newcomers and they, um, you know, they don't come back. You hear their yep. story and, and, um, but then some that you see, uh, they come back and, and they, and, and I'm having people now reaching out to me, um, for help. And sometimes I feel like I'm not ready to offer help, but, uh, that's new for me. And, and, um, you know, I'm grateful for that too. Um, Let's see. Things at home are, are going really well, and uh, I'm grateful for that too. Um, I had a lesson, um, and where I was, uh, I had this. Uh, my daughter was. Uh, she she. I, I know I gave her this this special. I, I made a, a special effort to give her um, uh, some special chapstick. She she has some. Uh, she's using Accutane right now for her for her complexion. And uh, it dries dries the skin and dries your lips. So I made it a special effort to get her this, and and I gave it to her. And I and, and I was judging, you know, oh she's gonna lose this. And sure enough, she says, oh I I can't. You did you give that to me? I said yes, I gave that to you. And I was very adamant about it. And it came up a couple of times where I was like disappointed, and and uh, and then lo and behold, it's in my bag. Oops. I find it. I'm like, oh man, oh, I was so harsh. Oh, I was so right. And now I've realized I was completely wrong. And then it's like, should I say something? Of course I should say something. And then when should I say it? You know, all these things are going through my head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, it, I did say something and I apologized for it. And it was over in an instant, you know? Yeah. But man, I worked up. I was, was totally worked up about it. Totally mm-hmm. worked up about it. So that was an interesting lesson for me this week. And, um, Let's see music. I have. I'm in a. I'm a musician. And I work on the weekends, most weekends, which is really nice. That's a huge blessing for me, and uh, something I love and get paid for. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and um, had some interaction with a, a former bandmate who who has uh, who's, a, who's who's an alcoholic doesn't he's, it's, admits it, but I just you know it's painful to see that it is it, it killing him, you know, and yeah. and I had some dialogue. He he basically sent me some emails that were. I, I I I can only see now that there were drunken emails and and uh, I just responded kindly. I I, I waited because there were a couple coming in and I just responded kindly. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm glad. Thanks for your message. Uh, you know, take care of yourself. It's, it's nice to hear you, hear from you. But he was totally. I could tell ashamed in in how, what he wrote and how he wrote it. And you know, are we still friends? And of course we are. You know, but. Um, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that because I'm aware now. I, I see the change in in uh, my awareness of myself and who I am, and and uh, you know who who I surround in my life, and and there's so many so many that suffer from disease, and and uh, you know, compassion is something new for me in that regard. Mm-hmm. That's a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, work is work is work is work. Um, and uh, it's 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 something I've, I'm recognizing too in my, my progress. Where um, I'm in sales, and oh, gosh, wow, having a codependent salesman that Ooh, <laughs> doesn't boy. sound like very successful. But I, I've been I've been doing really well, and and I, I'm I'm thinking that you know this is practicing my program in all my affairs. I, I'm uh, I'm more confident, and uh, I'm I'm turning off those negative voices. Which seem to permeate uh, my brain when I'm working, you know, mm-hmm. phone calls and talk, talking to people. Um, yeah, that's my week. My uh, my life in recovery this week has been uh, it's been a good week. Awesome. So, um, upcoming topics. I don't know exactly what uh, what we're going to do next week, but uh, upcoming topics. In fact, next week um, I'm going to be out of town for part of the weekend next week, so um, I may be. Following on, uh, oh man, I forget who it was. Somebody suggested last week that I should post some best of episodes every now and then, and I might, I might uh, actually take advantage of that suggestion next week. We'll see. But anyway, uh, some upcoming topics include caretaking, and uh, as as you'll hear in a moment, uh, uh, one of our listeners suggested letting go as a topic, uh, maybe certain aspect of letting go. So uh, that that's always a good topic. I'm sure we talked about it before, but. Uh, As with Boundaries last week, uh, it's one that can bear revisiting. We welcome your thoughts. You can join the conversation uh, by leaving a voicemail or an email with your feedback or questions. And uh, Anthony, how can people send us feedback? Well, you can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. You can call now to 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join a conversation from your computer. I've tried that. Uh, works great. Just press a button. You can listen to your recording before you press send. So that's always nice. Mm-hmm. If you prefer not to use your voice, you can send an email to feedback, one word, at com. one word. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about today's topic of judgment, or any upcoming topics. If you have a topic you'd like to talk about, let us know. And uh, you can find all the information about the show at our website, which is, again, therecoveryshow.com. You just squish it all together. No spaces or whatever. And uh, 
You find uh, notes for each episode. And, for example, on this episode, we'll have uh, links to the music we talked about and uh, possibly um, links to uh, places where you can find out about uh, online or phone meetings. And uh, we have uh, an occasional blog and uh, some links to other recovery podcasts and websites. And I know, Anthony, you mentioned... um, uh, places where you can listen to open talks online. And, and there's a couple of um, links on the website. One is XA Speakers, which has a huge selection of open talks from a lot of different programs. They're not hugely well organized. Uh, and they're not like, you know, they just have like person's name and maybe a date or something. Uh, so it's kind of potluck what you get. Uh, the other one is called. Um, Recovery radio people, something like that. Uh, and they've got also a, a wide selection of open talks from, uh, I've heard Al Anon, AANA, uh, might have been an SA in there, not sure. Uh, and they tend to have a little bit of information about the talk along with each one. Um, and, uh, and that one, the recovery radio people or whatever it's called, uh, is also available as a podcast. So, I've, I've subscribed to that, uh, on my phone and I get a new open talk on my phone every day, which is sometimes a little much, but you know, delete <laughs> as well. If I, if I get overwhelmed, uh, or, uh, some of them are, are pretty old and the audio quality is, um, not stellar. Uh, there's one sitting on my phone right now. It says Clancy eyes first talk. And, um, if you've been around AA people for a while, you may have heard of Clancy. I, he's, he's sort of famous, I guess, in the, the, in AA circles. Um, I think he's from Southern California, maybe LA. I'm positive. Uh, and, uh, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I expect that, uh, it's from like 1949 or something. I expect the audio quality is going to be a little, um, iffy. by the way, that, that phone meetings, I, I found the, the link. It's phone Cool. Okay. Well, I will put that link in the show notes on the website at the recovery show.com. And, uh, so there's a lot of ways to join the conversation. We've mentioned a couple and, uh, of course, there you can do what Anthony's doing right now and actually be um, a guest host on the show. Uh, just email feedback at therecoveryshow.com and let us know. We would like to take a short break before diving into the mailbag. Our second musical selection available on the website is The World's Greatest by R. Kelly. And um, see, I selected this song um, primarily because I was having difficulty finding uh, songs about judgment. Um, and maybe it was blessing because I, I looked up the, the opposite of being uh, critical, and it would be complimentary. Um, so I, I, I focused on that. And I, what I came up with is uh, the song The World's Greatest by R. Kelly. And, and uh, you know, it struck me after listening to the tune and, and hearing the lyrics. It's very um, – it, it's not really pointing at, um, uh, you know, who it's directed at, but it, it, it's focused on, I, I think – uh, being uh, complimentary and, and maybe complimentary for yourself, self-love. So it could be either loving yourself or the love of your higher power. So let me just read one of the uh, the, um, the choruses, or pardon me, one of the uh, the verses. I'm that star up in the sky. I'm that mountain peak up high. Hey, I made it. I'm the world's greatest. And I'm that little bit of hope. When my back's against the ropes, I can feel it. I'm the world's greatest. So that that was for me somewhat inspirational.
Well, let's dig into the mailbag here, and uh, maybe, Anthony, you could start reading Harriet's email. Okay. Harriet sent us this email about boundaries. This was last week's uh, podcast. I found that my world has increased exponentially since I've learned how to implement boundaries. Prior to that knowledge, I would just deal with boundaryless people by completely distancing myself from them. I wouldn't be around them without taking on their energy and needs and would inevitably feel resentment from giving up too much of myself. Now that I'm more clear on my own boundaries, I can find that I can tolerate being in closer proximity with those lacking them. I have a few ideas on show topics, or maybe it's really just one rolled together. Actually living the program. I hit my my year mark, one year mark at Al-Anon, and I found that living in program too much more humbling and challenging than learning about the program. I think I mentioned this a bit on the isolation episode. In the beginning, I learned, I loved learning all about intellectual aspects of the program and picked it up quickly. It's just like playing tennis for me in college. I could serve fine alone in practice, but when one added the pressure of a score or a partner wanting to win or the knowledge that I that if I missed it, I lost the match, or even people watching. It was an entirely different story. I find living the program to be much like that for me. I thought a show about actually living the program and what it looks like in real time, ugliness and all, might be helpful, especially for the relative newcomer who is transitioning from intellectualizing of the program to implementing it. Self-acceptance, self-compassion. We had a first step meeting a few weeks ago. I realized that circumstances have gotten easier for me to accept. What I struggle with is myself. I know that Al-Anon is a gentle program and a self-compassion acceptance is important. I think a show on what that looks like and how to do that might be helpful too. That's all I have. Thanks for listening. The show continues to be a substantial part of my recovery. Oh, and before I go, I wanted to also give a shout out to Maria. I like the most recent episode on her boundaries and identified with self-boundaries. I think that the most single important thing for me about boundaries is to be clear on my motivation. It should always be somehow to act in my own self-interest. I need to remind myself to be open to the changing nature of my needs. Because bedtime is a big one for me, I use that as an example. Often, it is, it is in my physical self-interest to go to bed early. But fun is more important as is connection. I find I can be flexible with my own boundaries when I give myself some space to discern what is in my self-interest first. Often I go down a rabbit hole of not being flexible with myself and demanding self-discipline for its own sake, not because it's actually in my own self-interest. I'm not sure this is is coherent anymore, so, so be it. As always, keep on keeping on, Spencer. Harriet. Thanks, Harriet, for for all that. Um, a lot of stuff in that in that uh, email, and uh, um, thanks for the the observation on boundaries and about um, how it helps you to deal with those boundaryless people that seem to surround us at times. And uh, ah, wow, lots of lots of ideas there. And actually, um, you know, she sent a very short second email that I didn't didn't put in there. Um, she says, oh, the one I really want to do a show on is letting go of the process or just letting go by itself. And uh, I, I'm i looking at my email box and I had that highlighted like I was going to copy it and paste it into the show notes and it didn't get there. Um, and that's where that idea of, of letting go as a topic um, that I talked about a minute ago came from. So thanks for that, Harriet. And uh, 
Yeah, Harriet uh, Harriet joined us for uh, the uh, the podcast about isolation. It was about a month, a little over a month ago. I don't remember exactly now. And uh, and I'm glad to hear that uh, she's thinking about coming back because that was a good episode. So we got a voicemail from Sarah. Hi, Spencer and Recovery Show friends. This is Sarah from California. I just wanted to say thank you so, so much for doing this show. Uh, I'm one of those ACA Al-Anons that comes and goes to meetings from time to time. And since I restarted program back in October, this has been my little something different that has kept me going. I can listen to a show about once a week, even if I can't get to a meeting. So that has been huge, not only to answer questions that I didn't quite understand, but to just keep me honest with myself about my recovery process. Thank you. I do have a question uh, or, I guess, conversation piece for the show. Um, I'm having some struggles with, uh, I guess the term would be motivation. I do not have active drinking in my life right now, and that's wonderful. Um, my qualifying parent has been deceased for several years, and my significant other hasn't drunk since years before I met him. So it's great. Um, the problem is I don't think I need recovery sometimes. I don't think I need Al-Anon until uh, perfectionism blows up in my face at work and I'm getting pulled in with critiques. And I'm not really sure how to stay motivated to look at the deep, dark, and ugly that does come up uh, when I need to work the steps or go to meetings or do anything with the program. So motivation is the question I have. Um, and then also how to keep it clean with my significant other uh, qualifier. I unfortunately had a snub of a conversation last week when I was venting um, about my personal circumstances, lack of motivation to do the work, and it didn't come out quite right. And his response was, well, would you like me to start drinking? Would that help you? And it was like a slap to the face because, of course not. I would never want that. And yet the way I was expressing my frustration with myself and lack of motivation or lack of progress, I'm not sure what it was, but... Um, I don't want to make him feel like he's in any way, uh, I don't know. That was a horrible conversation. I'm just not sure what to do about it, and it scared me. Um, so I would really appreciate some feedback from folks at the Recovery Show and you, you yourself, Spencer. Uh, again, thank you so much. Keep on keeping on, and I will be listening out here in the Sunshine Lands and the Ocean. And at that point, the three-minute limit on the uh, voicemail kicked in and she sent us an email saying I have written so many emails and never had the guts to hit send so I'm trying something new I just left a rambling voicemail until the machine beeped scared the crap out of me hopefully it went through either way that first step eased me into making this connection thanks for the multimedia interface <laughs> the episode looking back and looking ahead helped me punt my annual New Year's vision boarding headache a resolutioning process I've been doing for years. 
I usually changed the life vision every few months because it wasn't aligning with my actual experiences. It's been frustrating, and I'm glad to be done with it. Instead, I am spring cleaning the house. Unloading the weight of unused old stuff feels awesome. Keep on keeping on. I and so many others will be listening. Thanks, Sarah from California. So you have uh, thoughts about what uh, what Sarah said? She had a number of things in, in, in there. Well, you know, essentially I, what I heard was that um, was that there was a trigger for, for Sarah. And, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to not react to that. And, Absolutely. you know, all I, all I can just suggest is keep coming back to your, to your meetings. They, they do help. I mean, it's not just, you know, one or two occasional. I think that would be my, my recommendation yeah. is that you'll find, you'll find what, what you need to hear. Uh, in context of uh, of a meeting, so just keep coming back. Yeah, I had a couple of thoughts. I mean, the motivation question is is definitely a huge one for people who aren't, you know, aren't living with active alcoholism. And I guess, um, you know, I'm I'm grateful that I had those those three years of where I was going to Al-Anon and my wife was still drinking because it really got me into the habit. You know, it became part of my life. It's more than a habit. It became part of my life and. And so then it's, it's a lot easier to sort of stay motivated when it's already something that I'm doing um, as opposed to trying to change and add meetings to my life. Um, you know, I was highly motivated to add meetings to my life at the time because, you know, life was crap, okay? Uh, or at least parts of it were. Uh, so, wow. Um, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out to, uh, to our listeners, um, you know, if you, if you have struggled with motivation and if you have found um, things that have helped you to stay motivated to come to meetings, um, please share them with us so we can share them with Sarah. Thank you. Um, you know, the other thing she talked about was this, this conversation um, with, her, with her loved one where um, she was expressing, I think, this frustration about being, you know, staying motivated and, and uh, got that... <sighs> That horrible response. Well, you want me to start drinking again so you'll be motivated to go to meetings? Oh my <laughs> that god! Was that wow. Was <laughs> um, I I so I can so identify with your feelings there, Sarah. You know that I, I God, if my wife said that to me, I would be like, no. <laughs> um, and uh, I think this is a place where you know having a sponsor can really be helpful. Having or, or, or having somebody who is who is not your, your loved one, who is not, you know, as you put it, your qualifier, um, that you can talk to about this sort of struggle. Um, I, I have found that to be really helpful. There are things that, you know, that I want to talk about the struggles that I'm having with the program, the struggles that I'm having, um, you know, putting my marriage back together after, um, you know, 20 something years of drinking, um, did, did a lot of damage. Um, I need to talk about those, and my wife is not the person to talk to about those for me. Um, and so having other people in the program that I can talk about those things to is really, really helpful. Um, and uh, so that that sort of is, is a suggestion I would have is, um, yeah, you need to talk about these things. You need to work these things out. Um, and, and trying to work them out inside your own head is, is probably not the best way, not, not the best place. Um, so finding somebody else who is in the program and understands um, the struggle uh, could be very helpful. We got um, email from a different Sarah. 
Uh, and this is actually, this is the Sarah whose questions um, prompted last week's episode about boundaries. She writes, thank you, Spencer, all caps, exclamation point. I was so honored to hear my email used as part of the last podcast and so grateful to you for making it so. I have been listening to so many episodes of The Recovery Show, and it has been helping me in the deepest and most meaningful way. And in fact, the boundaries I found I was trying to set and enforce were not so much boundaries for me as they were my attempts to force a solution to the inevitable pain I didn't want to feel from the behavior of my wife. They were yet another means of control and manipulation, and while listening to the podcast on boundaries, God completely unpacked what I thought I needed from my wife and showed me that she could not provide me with those things. Only God can grant me peace, and both my wife and I are powerless to take away the pain of her choices. And so I sit in acceptance of that painfulness, and of my lack of power, and of God's promise to be here with me. And I ask God for peace about every five minutes, and He gives me peace. And I have been able to get through the last three days without going completely fucking nuts, or trying to force my crazy down my absent and ill wife's throat, I've been sitting in this pain I've been trying to avoid, and in this anxiety I did not think I could stand, and thinking, it isn't nearly as bad as I thought. And I have peace, and the occasional moment of joy. What a gift! Meditating on the first three steps has given me the ability to be here in my reality and let go of my job as master of the universe. I have been so humbled and feel so relieved. This still totally sucks, and I still have no idea what will happen but I am confident that it will be what God intends and that I will be okay. Thank you so much once again, Spencer. Please know what a difference you make. Be well, Sarah. And and I want to also thank Maria, who, who helped me with that Boundaries episode. I couldn't have done it without her. Um, Sarah, oh my God. You, you have made so much progress. I'm just like in awe. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, thanks, Sarah. I don't think we have any um, updates about the podcast, uh, except that next week might be um, a best of episode. And if it is, it is. And if it isn't, it isn't. So we'll see what happens. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to the recovery show, but we do have expenses. They run about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web ending your ear. Uh, We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Lisa and Gina did. And thank you again, Lisa and Gina, for your generous support. We have put together a list of recovery-related books. If you click on the books link at the top of the page, you can you can see them. And uh, if you order one of these books from Amazon through our website, we will receive a small commission. And in fact, anything you order from Amazon after clicking on one of those links will help us. It costs you nothing extra. It helps to keep us on the air. And uh, I want to thank all the people who uh, did some shopping in uh, November and December. Uh, got that, uh, that little check from Amazon, and it uh, is very helpful to uh, helping to defray our expenses. So thanks for that. Thank you for your support in whatever form you give it, including just listening to us. We are here for you. And the last song selection um, that I picked for the show is Crucify by Tori Amos. And, you know, I just stumbled on it and I, I have this, I have that CD. I bought it like, I don't know, whenever it came out back in the eighties or nineties, when did that come out? I don't know. Um, and uh, you, again, you can listen to it uh, at therecoveryshow.com slash 104. Uh, and I stumbled on this and I was like, huh, Tori Amos, Crucify. I don't know, Crucify could could be about judgment. Who knows? So, you know, I started I started to play it and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, this is so perfect for the sort of the self, the self-judgment 
thing. Uh, here's, here's the lyrics that uh, really jumped out at me. Every finger in the room is pointing at me. I want to spit in their faces. Then I get afraid of what that could bring. I got a bowling ball in my stomach. I got a desert in my mouth. And uh, the chorus, why do we crucify ourselves every day? I crucify myself. And I, ca- I, I can be there. I can have that feeling. Yeah, that's self-forgiveness is, uh, and not judging yourself is, uh, is the message I get from that. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. We did not talk about a problem you're facing today. Feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.